to the lightning round. episode 48 of the 40 no wait episode 48 week 52 of the 46 quadrennial hunger games what i don't know if you saw it i don't know if you just saw headlines and news clips selected uh audio bites video bites but Biden held his second his second press conference for the first year he's had two in a whole year and this is the guy that 80 million people voted for I'm gonna call bullshit 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 80 million people voted for that jack-off bullshit. So I got a couple stories, a couple, couple things to talk to you about today. Um, the, the first thing I want to talk about is a collection of former SEALs that have kind of joined forces, if you will, to uh, join together and get elected to Congress more or less for the express purposes of taking out Nancy Pelosi. And I applaud their end game. I applaud their effort. I thank them for their service. But we might have a problem. The leader of this cohort is former congressman from Montana and Department of Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke. He's a Trump guy, but he was basically run out of D.C. And given the target for these six individuals, I would say it's fair to say that he blames Pelosi for some of his issues stemming from uh, his resignation as the head of the Department of the Interior. If I'm trying to connect the dots, my guess is he was targeted by the Dems. Now, granted, he made a few false starts and mistakes. Some of the decisions that he made. I don't know if it was from inexperience or naivete, but he he stepped in a few things Um and he stepped on a couple landmines, uh, political landmines. And I think that the impetus for him being targeted, other than the fact that he was a Trump guy, uh, he, he was targeted because of his inexperience. First and foremost, they knew they could do it. And they knew that there were some ethics complaints against him. But that was just fuel on the fire. What is going on with these glasses? That was just fuel on on their initial bonfire 
which he was strapped to the giant pole in the middle of, and his flaming carcass was what they ran out of town. No. His sin was the fact that he followed President Trump's instructions to move the Bureau of Land Management out of D.C. and over to Colorado. That's what started all of this. Was the Democrats did not like the idea that somebody was going to come in and break up what they had put together in terms of the consolidation of power into one seat, which is Washington, D.C. That was his sin, was moving the BLM uh, offices, not to be confused with Black Lives Matter. This is Bureau of Land Management. And in my estimation, both definitions are equally... um, There's an equal amount of disdain for both organizations. Let's just put it at that. So, um, they've got a commercial out, and I'll I'll play. It's a 30-second spot, and you can see it. And I'll put it out there. Um, But the thing that is driving them crazy is these guys are all teaming up, and they're all coming after Pelosi, which is great. Because that hag needs to go. And if she's reading the tea leaves and and she's deciding, you know what, not only am I going to step down as speaker in theory, um, you know, because they're holding on to some vain hope that they retain power in the House after the midterms. Oh, and if you, in case you were wondering, here's how long until the next election. Here's how long to the midterms. This image is on my website on the welcome page. <laughs> so as of this recording, that's how many days until the next two elections. Just putting that out there in the universe. Okay, the six former SEALs that are running for Congress are Eli Crane in uh, Arizona's 1st Congressional District, uh, Bobby Duke or Brady Duke in Florida's 7th Congressional District, uh, Ed Thielander in Maine's 1st Congressional District, Morgan Luttrell, he's pretty famous in his own right, uh, he's running in Texas's 8th Congressional District, Derek Van Orden, he's in Wisconsin's 3rd dist- Congressional District, and then uh, kind of the ringleader of sorts is Ryan Zinke, and he's in uh, Montana's 1st Congressional District. So he was already elected to the House once. So he's got some name recognition and some cachet in that. Um, and it's, it, his ability to get back with these other five individuals may hinge on how well he's able to address the, uh, the controversies that he encountered while he was uh, the Secretary of the uh, Department of Interior. Now remember, my, my opinion was his, his initial sin was breaking up the consolidation of Democrat power in D.C. That's what the, 
the the Dems in both houses. They were like, wait a minute, you can't take away some of our toys and ex not expect some sort of retaliation. So they started digging up anything that they could. I found an article, and this article was dated from December 15th, 2018. And it basically runs down a list of all of um, Ryan Zinke's uh, infractions, starting off with, um, for some reason, he planned to install $139,000 doors on his office. Um, and it went on and on. Apparently, there was some travel that they said... Um, didn't need to happen, but some of the other travel that he was being dinged for were, was deemed legit. Um, he let friends and family members ride in official uh, federal vehicles, which is against the Department of Interior uh, policy. So let me get this straight. If I'm going to work and my wife and I need to finish a conversation that started over breakfast. Per their policy, she can't get in the vehicle with me and have me drop her at the Metro or drop her at her office in a carpooling type fashion. Anything that I would normally do as a civilian, as a non-federal muckety-muck, that is against the policy. This is what they... they I don't know why he needed $140,000 doors. That one, I would love to hear the explanation for that. But having people go in to a vehicle or to get on an aircraft with you, I, that one that one might be a hill too far, a bridge too far. I, I don't know if that's what it, I think they're just piling on with that one. But apparently there were some there were some real estate deals that he did with Halliburton. Um, Halliburton was going to do some some real estate development work near some property that Zinke owned, and his property value was going to go up. That one might not pass the smell test. But hey, I'm not here to to cast dispersions or throw stones or whatever. Glass. This is glass house. Not doing that. But that looks a little hinky. So Halliburton, the reason it looks so hinky is because Halliburton was going to be one of the prime beneficiaries for some oil drilling. And because the Department of Interior was shrinking some federal lands and opening up new lands that previously were federal property, to drilling, that one, that one looks a little, a little fishy. So he would have to explain that. And then he was also um, doing some restructuring when it came to uh, threatened species or endangered species and the classifications thereof. And he was going to allow them to use lead shot in certain areas instead of steel shot. Um, you know, the environmentalists lost their mind with that. And, you know, so he's got the environmentalists gunning for him. He's got uh, uh, federal regulators coming for him. 
He's got uh, Democrat leadership gunning for him because he's breaking up the Department of Interior and moving people. And the, uh, the funny thing was, when they moved the Bureau of Land Management out of D.C. and over to Colorado, the bulk of them quit. So, or they either, I shouldn't say quit, they re either took, they either retired or they transferred to another state department. Because, what, living in the Rockies was just, what, un, unimaginable? They, they wanted to stay in that freaking cesspool? Apparently so. But of the group that I just read to you, um, Ryan Zinke's the one who's going to have the biggest problem because he's already been there and they've already run him out of town. Um, and it's clear based off of their ad, which I'm going to play for you uh, in a second, that they are, they are painting Nancy Pelosi as being the vicious political monster that she is. Um, and, and he's basically convinced these five guys that, that she is the devil, which I agree with, um, with her little, remember this during the state of the union, her little weird ass walrus clapping. My God, if anybody could reach through a TV and just punch somebody, I wish I could have done it. What a disrespectful bitch. I really hate Nancy Pelosi. So I'm going to play the ad. I'm going to take a break. And then I'm going to come back at you with uh, with some additional stuff. But I thought you guys would like to know that we've got six SEALs <laughs> running for Congress. So, all right. We'll be right back. They took a blood oath to protect America. They understand that the only easy day was yesterday. They know that our enemies are no match for their strength and their courage. These former Navy SEALs have protected America from enemies all over the world. Now they have one grave threat left to defeat. Join them. And now we pause for some shameless self-promotion. Are you new to the preparedness and self-sufficiency mindset? Are you stalled in your preparedness journey? Do you want to learn more about preparedness planning and herbal remedies? If so, then pick up a copy of one of my two nonfiction books. In Preparing to Prepare, I take a duration-based approach toward minor, moderate, and major disruptions to solve problems big and small, all in an effort to help you get better prepared for what life and society throws at you. See what I've done and what I recommend. In my Home Remedies, Poultices, Salves, and Tinctures book, I help you jumpstart your medicinal garden plans and ideas by providing details on over 30 ingredients that you can grow and combine into over 200 recipes. These recipes address everything from abscesses, infections, and pink eye to aches and pains, boils, soaps, and shampoos. If you've got an issue, my robust index will point you to the solution. Both are available from my overlords on Amazon in electronic format for five bucks a piece or in paperback for 10 bucks. And for the foodies out there, I also published a cooking and entertainment book a number of years ago. So review those recipes and cook a delicious multi-course meal from one of the menus in just a small gathering. 
The electronic version of this book is a bargain at $4, and the paperback is set to the Amazon minimum of 10 bucks. There is nothing contained in any of these nonfiction books that you yourself cannot do, so get a copy today. And now, back to the show. Alright, so we're back, and I pulled this one just from the Annals of the Absurd. So, <laughs> I've had this uh, in my possession since uh, about a month ago, I printed this, and I'd, I've never got a chance to come around and talk about it, but Facebook, or now Meta, which, who knows what their reasoning is for that, but Facebook created some sort of virtual reality metaverse okay so these are the people with the the big goggle sets on and they've got hand controllers and there's a lot of funny videos out on the internet where you know people they forget that they're in a virtual world and then like they dive forward and then they put their head into the tv or they they're supposed to be on a balance beam and then they even though they're on a flat level floor, they think they're on a balance beam, and then all of a sudden they can't walk and they crash into stuff. That stuff's hysterical to me and makes me laugh. But apparently, this is this is why I call it from the annals of the absurd. Um, a woman claims that she was virtually groped while in the virtual reality world, and an investigation has been launched. I, what, what, what do you do with that? She's in a gaming world that doesn't exist. But this female, oh, and they actually gave her a gender, so, okay. A female believes she was the victim of sexual harassment while testing out a virtual world from Meta. The company formerly known as Facebook. The alleged victim was a beta tester in their VR platform, Horizon Worlds. A social experience where you can explore, play, and create. Well, apparently, somebody else in there decided to explore her avatar. It wasn't real. Nobody touched you. Nobody grabbed your ass or poked you in the boob. Nobody did anything to you. Because they weren't there. But now, <laughs> they've got an investigation. They came back and said, um, they actually have a panic button in there called the Blue Shield Button. That takes you to a safe zone where you can escape and take a break. This is what the world's coming to. Instead of actually having physical interactions with people and talking to them, whether it's on a phone or in person, they've now made up these fake virtual realities. And they're becoming offended when somebody does something to their precious little avatar. You can't make this kind of shit up, people. <sighs> Just, I found it in my my paperwork of, of things that I had always wanted to talk about. And, and so <laughs> I found it and I was like, oh my God, I got to talk about that. 
So I did. There you go. But the rest of this is, is still political fodder. Um, but the, the Senate did their best. So you remember from episode uh, 46, I gave you the uh, Kat Kamek video to kind of show you the kind of crap Nancy Pelosi's pulling in the, in the House of Representatives. Well, it finally got kicked upstairs to the Senate. And uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Kristen Sinema from Arizona, they actually look like the sanest people in the Democrat Party because they were like, um, all right, so for, from a political standpoint, Kristen Sinema, Senators Kristen Sinema and, and Joe Manchin from West Virginia, they at least had the, the spine to more or less tell the Democratic Party, you are not looking at the long game. Because every time somebody from our party, now they didn't come out and say this in so many words, but this is what I'm inferring by reading between their lines is, you guys are playing the short game. You're obviously not looking at the polls because we're about to get murdered in November of 2022. And if we get rid of the filibuster for our short-term game of voting rights, which is a sham, it's the federalization of elections, and as Kat Kamek said, the six to one taxpayer dollars funneling into people like AOC's account, it's a sham. That's all it was. It was a sham. It was a shakedown of the American people and the federalization of elections. That, that's what they were trying to do. But Senator Sinema and Manchin came out and said, look, basically, you guys are playing the short game. We're going to play the long game and save your bacon because if we follow you down this rabbit hole and we play the short game and the polls actually turn out to be true and we get our asses handed to us in November, this time next year, there are no safeguards in place to keep Republicans from doing whatever the hell they want. That's basically what Joe and, and Kristen did if I can be so informal as to call them by their first names only. They were, they were right to do so. They were playing the long game, and they were playing 3D chess with a bunch of yahoos that were playing checkers in the form of Chuck Schumer. And Chuck came out later and said, well, it was more symbolic, you know, we... We wanted to be able to tell the American people come election time that, hey, we tried. We tried. But, you know, those, those dirty fascist Republicans, those, those fear-mongering dictators over there, they don't want voting uh, integrity. Really? Because that's all they've been doing in all of these states that now have all of these new voter laws. They're all geared toward voter integrity. And their hang-up, their racist hang-up, in my opinion, is that people of color, or POC, it's a racist agenda to force voters 
to have a photo ID because people of color don't have equal access to get an ID. What friggin' planet do they live on? Anybody can go get an ID. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't even matter where you were born. You can get a state-issued ID for the purposes of just driving a car. You need an ID to get on a plane, open a bank account, buy beer, buy cigarettes, depending on how you're, you know, if you're aging well, let's call it that. But oh my God, the millions of things that you need an ID for, it is not racist for any of that. But you want to vote? Oh, Jim Crow laws. This is segregationist again. Where's Martin Luther King? That's the irony, right? So we just had Martin Luther King Day. And the crap I saw on Twitter was unbelievable. Oh, it's time for Republicans to misuse MLK quotes today. Blah, 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 blah. Really? Because the stuff that I saw was... Judge me by the content of my character, not the color of my skin. But yet, every policy that they're pushing forward is segregationist. Every policy that they're pushing forward is divisive and saying, no, 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 no. Blacks over here, whites over here, Asians, you come to me, Mexicans, Latinos, you go over there. You, 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 everybody, everybody separate. Everybody separate. That's what the Democrats are doing. But yet, they're wrapping it up in this rhetoric and then lobbing that shit over the fence and saying, look what the Republicans are doing. No. No bullshit. So old crying Chuck, he forced a vote. Well, he tried to force it. And... Uh, to get rid of the filibuster and uh, Senators Cinema and Manu- uh, um, not Mnuchin. I just had his name. Anyway, you know what? Mansion. <laughs> Senators Cinema <laughs> and Mansion. They were like, no, we're going to play the long game because you're an idiot. So that's what happened in the Senate this week. So that's good. Uh, and then the rest of this is um, we're going to talk about crime and we're going to talk about the hypocrisy. But we all know that the left is incapable of telling the truth. And we all know that everything that they do is to promote a socialist progressive agenda. And you, I'm going to start off with, uh, in in the uh, the Fallujah of America, aka Chicago. You got the uh, the mayor up there, Lori Lightfoot, and every time I see her, she looks more and more like Beetlejuice. She has. Do you remember what she did for four years when Trump was president? I don't even know if she was there for the full four years, but I know she was there for part of it. And Trump offered to send National Guard to Chicago to help with the crime problem, the murder problem. 
And she said, no, we can do it. We can do it ourselves. We don't need your help, Trump, you Republican bastards, you old rawr, 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 rawr. Well, now that they've been coined the murder capital of the U.S. for multiple years in a row, she's reversed course. And now she's asking for federal troops to help with the crime in Chicago. No, nobody sees through this shit. And then there was also the, uh, there was, uh, let's see where it came from. Oh, yeah, yeah, so this was another one. So a liberal mayor out in uh, San Francisco. Old Botox Pelosi stomping grounds. She had previously gone out and said that they wanted to defund police. They wanted to uh, have no bail bonds or uh, no cash bail. Um, they were they were uh, reducing felonies to misdemeanors, misdemeanors to non-existent crimes, shit like that. Well, she's now seen the error of her ways because of all the crime, the smashing grabs, the uh, brazen daylight armed robberies and carjackings. She has, and the mayor's name is London Breed, uh, called to, quote, replace bullshit progressive policies with aggressive policing after... Hey, this was after she previously proposed stripping $120 million from the city's police department. Hey, you know what? When you don't have cops on the street, what do you have? No law and order. And when you have no law and order, what do you have? You have chaos. You have anarchy. You have smash and grab robberies at high-end restaurants where they steal over $400,000 worth of Merchandise. But old Gavin Newsom says, oh, we've arrested over 250 people. Do you know how many freaking people were in those smashing grabs? All of them combined? I guarantee they weren't all the same people. But there's old Gavin Newsom out there. He's touting a new program. Kind of sounds like Build Back Better. But it's a, it's a new plan. I just read the article. I'll, we'll talk about that maybe if I can remember it. But here's the thing. Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, San Francisco, L.A., all of these things have something in common. All of them, and I'll tell you this is what it is. This is what connects every single one of these liberal cities with the high crime rates. Every single one of these cities has a progressive DA that was elected using funding from George the Nazi Soros. He was an actual Nazi. Every single one of them received millions of dollars in donations from various uh, George Soros uh, PACs and organizations. Every single one of them. You want to you wanna reduce crime in these leftist hellholes? You want a dozen little mini Felucias? 
all up and down the east and west coast in Chicago, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Baltimore. Whoo! You want to get rid of that? You want to return to law and order? You find every single one of these dozen, dozen and a half progressive DAs that were elected under the auspices of George Soros worldwide global domination, one world order bullshit, and you run them out of town. You get them out of the DA's office, and you get somebody in there that actually understands what laws are for. I mean, this is... This article that I printed, that I just basically gave you the highlights of, this is an article from the Daily Mail in London. The people in England know about George Soros and what he's doing to change the political landscape for the purposes of social reform. And they're, they're saying, what the hell's going on in America? What are you doing? Why have you, why have you not run this guy out of your country? He's already been run out of a couple European countries. Chicago's DA Kim Fox received $2 million. Philly's DA, where murder has doubled, they received $1.7 million. Crime in Chicago. The, you should see these, these charts. It's ridiculous. Sexual assault. No, I'm sorry. Theft in Chicago is up 18% year over year. Murders are up 3%. Shooting incidents are up 9%. Sexual assault is up 27% in Chicago from 2020 to 2021. Robbery is down 3%. That's amazing. Because you know what? It's actually not amazing because if you go back to the number of murders that went up 3%, the people that were doing the thieving were getting shot. It is just, they got crime statistics for Philadelphia too. I mean, it, Loudoun County, Virginia was kind of a big focal point in um, the the Virginia governor's race. And they're, they're, they're citing all kinds of um, irregularities and things that don't pass the smell test in Loudoun County. But guess what? Soros money. Everywhere that Soros has invested to try and advance a progressive agenda for social reform, every single one of these things, every single place, there's corruption. There's multifold increases in crime. Just calling them as I see them, folks. You want to get stuff back the way that it was? Get rid of George Soros and his billions. You want to get qualified candidates that understand rule of law? Get rid of George Soros. Get rid of every single one of these bastards. And then finally, 
I wanted to bring you something from home. So where I grew up in North Carolina, uh, it's a little town called Southern Pines. Most people know the name Pinehurst, um, but that is in Moore County, North Carolina. And it is right next to one of the largest military bases in the country, Fort Bragg. And Fort Bragg is the home of several special operator groups, if you will. And every year they do an exercise called Robin Sage. And it takes place across upstate North Car or South Carolina and through the Piedmont and Sand Hill regions of North Carolina. And it's a funny story. So this is in the late 80s and early 90s. And actually, it would had to be in the early '90s because I had my, I had a, an old Ford F-150, uh, and I was building houses. And I was coming back from Lake Tillery, which is a county or two west of Moore County, and I see these guys, and they're just, they've got full rucksacks on. It is 90 plus degrees outside, and these guys are dressed like it's winter. And basically, they're, they're humping their way back to Fort Bragg as part of one of the deals, one of the exercises they got to do. They got to get back. Any means that they can do, aside from breaking the law and stealing a car, right? So I was on my way back. I was about 30 minutes outside of, of Southern Pines. And I see a guy. And I'm like, you know what? I know where that dude's going. I'm going to give him a ride. So... I'm like, dude, are you on your way back to Bragg? He's like, yeah. I said, you want to ride? He goes, how far are you going? I said, I live right next to Bragg. I take you all the way in. He's like, oh my God, do you have air conditioning? I said, no, it's an old truck, but the windows work. <laughs> so I gave this guy a ride back. And along the way, as we got closer and closer to Fort Bragg, we saw other guys. And by the time I got these guys back into Fort Bragg, so this is before 9-11, and there were no gates. You could just drive right on the post. And it wasn't until you got into some of the nitty-gritty and to the more sensitive areas that you had to show ID and there was security and MPs and stuff. But if you wanted to just drive into Fort Bragg and go to the commissary, go to the barracks or whatever, there was no gate. There was no check. There was no nothing. So by the time I got these guys all the way back into Fort Bragg, I had eight guys in my F-150. I had one dude in the front seat and the other seven were in the back. They had all of their... Rucks lined up in the middle of the bed. They were just leaned back. I swear to God, every one of these guys fell asleep. They were exhausted after this Robin Sage exercise. And the reason I bring it up is because there was an article that just came out, and it was letting, it's from the Charlotte Observer, and it was letting the uh, residents of 28 counties in North and South Carolina know that Robin Sage was about to commence. And it is going to run from the 22nd of January through the 4th of February. And the whole exercise, and this is the worry, excuse me, this is the worrying part. The soldiers wanting to join the special forces will be fighting against so-called freedom fighters. And it goes on to say that residents may hear blank gunfire and see occasional flares, but but controls are in place. Apparently, a sheriff's deputy deputy shot two participants, killing one um, some years ago, I believe in 2002. 
and yep, it was a Moore County deputy, Randall Butler, killed First Lieutenant Talis Tomini and wounded Staff Sergeant Stephen Phelps during the training. Phelps later sued and, and won a, a sizable settlement. But I'm bringing this up because, and I don't know where the words go, um, it, the whole premise behind it is that it's a battle for control of a fictional place called Pineland. These military members act as realistic opposing forces and guerrilla freedom fighters known as the Pineland Resistance Movement. The reason this is disconcerting to me in how they've written it up is basically um, the U.S. military command structure is now more or less saying out loud that they are going to train our own troops to fight our own people. And this is a problem. This is very disconcerting. Um, I'm not a fan of this. Um, you know, if you have a group of people and you want to call yourself a militia, knock yourself out. If you have a group of people and you want to call yourself a militia and you're out doing nefarious things because you think that that's how it should be, you're a criminal. So I'm not sure what the end game here is for the, uh, the military command structure from the Joint Chiefs on down. You know, I... But when they say they're going up against a guerrilla militia movement, I, I, I question what they're training for. So that gave me pause. I wanted to share that. And... You know, that's, I don't trust him. My wife likes to call me Ron Swanson because I'm for a small, limited government. Um, <clears throat> it's more, more independent. Um, but I, I, I have a severe distrust, especially of this administration and, and some of the things that they have said and done that makes you question their integrity, uh, their honor, and their authenticity. So, all right, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Jack Assery because I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about. I've made it through my pile of random crap that I wanted to talk to people about. So, there you have it. Stay warm. Be good. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor.